0: Our sermon reading this morning comes from Reverend Parisa Parsa. She is a Unitarian Universalist. She writes, it's the right of conscience, not the right of ego, that we preserve in our fifth principle. The distinction is important. A. Pal Davies, the great visionary and activist Unitarian minister of the mid-20th century, called conscience the sight of the soul. The soul being that innermost part of each person that yearns to move toward greater insight and wholeness. Our conscience is not something that is directed by a God who acts outside of us but the emanation of a God dwelling deeply within us. Brahman, Buddha nature, spirit of life, Jehovah, call it what you will, it is an undeniable part of humanity, sometimes deeply hidden, other times sorely stifled, but always there to be recognized and cultivated. The inner point of connection that speaks to us in stillness is our compass and our guide when the rules of the human world are broken or have become abhorrent. That place in us that affirms life and love in all their glory and messiness is where we must return if our conscience, our soul, is to flourish. The words of Parisa. When I chose this morning's topic, I didn't know then that there would be a new thing called coronavirus spreading in the world and now in this country. I didn't know that it would kill people and disrupt so many lives. We didn't know that it would cause major disruptions of the education of millions of children, or that it would lead to quarantines, or empty public spaces in parts of the world, or a steep decline in volatility in the stock market. Granted, there were other issues that we did know about. The already protracted Syrian refugee crisis, for example, Even that has grown yet worse, as the European Union seeks ways to slow migrants and close their borders. And of course, we know about the treatment of immigrants in this country, and right here in our own county. We also knew when I chose this morning's topic about the dangerous encroachments on reproductive rights and the assaults on LGBTQ rights, and climate change, of course. There's so much out there to talk about, that talking about what's in here, the wisdom of our true nature, seems just a little myopic and self-centered, At least at first glance, it seemed that way to me. With the help of our Unitarian Universalist principles, the Hebrew scriptures, philosophers, and wise teachers, I have been spending time in reflection and time, time unpacking what inner wisdom might hold for us in such times, in these times. And it turns out, it's a lot. I am being reminded that returning to the wisdom of one's true nature isn't about disconnecting from the whole. It's not about escaping from the world or turning our backs on others. Nothing is further from the truth. If anything, tapping into that wisdom is in service to the whole. Attention to our inner voice helps to, to cultivate compassion and truth and healing and dignity and liberation and interconnection, all the things that we mean when we talk about beloved community. Everything we need to make manifest beloved community amid brokenness and injustice. It seems somewhat paradoxical that focusing on our inner self could do that. The right of conscience, after all, that attention to our own inner wisdom means that we take seriously the autonomy of the individual. And it seems to me that what we so desperately need is more attention to the collective, to collaboration, and to care of the other. And meanwhile, conscience is inward-looking and subjective, focused on knowledge of self. It's that practice of listening to the still, small voice, that intuitive part of ourselves that calls us. You know, even though conscience focuses on that inner wisdom, as Parisa Parsa reminds us in her reading this morning, it isn't about ego. And it isn't even ultimately about the individual. It isn't about pleasing ourselves or ignoring the problems around us or the concerns of others. So conscience, conscience is about what Unitarian minister Apal Davies called the sight of the soul. Don't you love that phrase, the sight of the soul? That sight of the soul has to do with insight and wholeness. It means figuring out where we are on an issue, and how we will be in the midst of moral dilemmas. How will we be called to engage with others and with communities? acting from the counsel of that inner voice. There's a lot of discernment involved in that process. It involves a lot of struggle and conflict within. It's not as easy as it may seem at first. It involves learning and it involves reflection. It means also filtering out the aspects that aren't really about conscience at all but are based in ego or desire. So I mean things like, if my still small voice is saying, I could really use some nice dark chocolate, I can be pretty sure that's not my conscience speaking, right? That's probably my sweet tooth talking no matter how loud it might speak. But more seriously, if I injure someone else, and then I attribute that to my right of conscience, I am missing a core understanding of what conscience is all about. That still, small voice calls us to something meaningful, something important, something compassionate, to our own humanity and to the humanity of others. Acts of hatred, acts of violence, misogyny, racism, these can never ever rightly be called acts of conscience. Ken Collier writes this, he says, my conscience He's also a Unitarian Universalist minister. He says, my conscience responds to the world around me. If I am repulsed by some things and moved by others, that tells me how I am connected with all. It tells me how I must promote the well-being of all. It tells me that I am responsible for all and how to exercise that responsibility while retaining the humility to recognize that even when most people agree with me, I may be wrong. I may be reading the still small voice of conscience incorrectly. So Collier points to a really important aspect of conscience and heeding our conscience, which of course is that possibility that what we're listening to may not be conscience at all. Yeah, sometimes we can be mistaken about whether something is conscience or just ego and desire. We're not foolproof. We will make mistakes. And that's where that learning and reflection, that discernment, that struggle comes in. So the right of conscience is one of our Unitarian Universalist principles. It's our fifth principle, part of it. That principle affirms the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large. Today, I'm just talking about that, the part that's about conscience. And when we talk about conscience, we often use that phrase, still small voice. It's a popular phrase to talk about conscience, it really encapsulates the idea. And our meditative hymn this morning really spoke to that voice still and small. Voice still and small, deep inside all, I hear you call, singing. In dark and rain, sorrow and pain, still you remain, singing, calming my fears, quenching my tears through all the years. Singing. That phrase, still small voice, does anybody know where it came from? And no one with a script. <laughs> so it does indeed come from the Hebrew scriptures, for those who didn't know that. And it's a lovely phrase. It comes from the story of the prophet Elijah. And Elijah was condemned to death And fled to the mountains to escape. And he escaped into a cave. And in that cave he prayed. He had come to this point where he was exhausted. And he actually prayed to God to take his life. And an angel came to Elijah and told Elijah to go to the entrance of the cave. And to stand before God. And when Elijah stood at that entrance, a great wind kicked up. And it uprooted the trees and it tossed the rocks around. But the scripture says that God was not in the wind. And then an earthquake rumbled and it split open the earth and it flattened the hills. But God was not in the earthquake. And then there came a fire and the fire burned down whatever the others had not taken, whatever the wind and the earthquake had not destroyed. But God was not in the fire either. And then after all of this destruction, there came a still, small voice. And Elijah heard that voice from within his own soul. God was there in the still, small voice. That voice told Elijah to take heart and to go back the way that he had come. The divine spoke to him from within. That is the still, small voice. That is the voice of conscience. It's the voice of the spirit of life, the wisdom of the soul, the sight of the of the soul. It's what Kenneth Collier describes as that which impels us to the good, that which ennobles and elevates and frees and heals. And so Elijah returned, called through dark and rain, sorrow and pain, to remain, to embrace an aliveness. Like Elijah, it's it's easy to give up when we've lost touch with that voice. It's hard to fully show up authentically, bravely, and vulnerably in the world and for each other if we aren't connected to and listening to that inner voice of ours, that inner wisdom of our own true nature. It's easy to lose hope, it's easy to become afraid and doubtful. It's easy to become doubtful when we aren't heeding that voice, when we aren't in touch with it, when we don't have that connection to something meaningful, to some conviction that comes from our own wisdom. But when we are, when we are something Transformative and something unexpected can happen. And that true connection that we want in a world where we're often disconnected can happen. That small voice can show up in us and for others, in service of others. And that doesn't have to be a life-or-death situation. I imagine it's often not a life or death situation. It can arise in some pretty simple encounters. The other day, I was all right. So the other day, I was out um, running some errands, and um, there was a, a store with a closing sign on it. I don't know if you're like me; you see closing, it kind of, you know, draws your attention right away, right? And I was going into the store next door and it was a place, the store that was closing is a place that I, I actually like shopping at. So I stopped in I thought maybe I would find some great deals on some things I normally would would buy. So I got in line after my run through the store with some journals and a few other items. and. I started asking the sales clerk if the store was going to be getting any more merchandise. You know, sometimes when stores are closing, they continue to get more merchandise. And I was sort of wondering when they might close because I was thinking, well, maybe I could come back and find a couple more really great deals before this whole thing ends. And um, she started to tell me that, you know, headquarters management, they don't tell us anything in advance. And, you know... I do know we're not gonna get any more merchandise and we'll probably close in another month, but I'm not really sure of the details because they don't really tell us that until they think we need to know. So I could hear in her explanation, her frustration and her anger and her resentment. And that was a moment of awakening for me. Because I suddenly realized that I was standing there talking to someone who was going to be losing her job in a couple of weeks. And I was there trying to get a good deal. And my focus was how I could continue to get a better deal. And At that point, when I realized who I was talking to, she became a real person to me. Not that she wasn't a person before, but she became human to me in a way that she wasn't when I was first standing in that line. And my conscience was pricked in that moment. And I I just sort of blurted it out to her, I, I said, Wow. Are you going to lose your job? I'm really sorry. And do you, you know, I was asking her, do you do you know what you're going to do? Do you know where you're going to go? And her demeanor changed in that moment. And she started to talk to me about her dream to start her own business and it was a moment. And it's really easy in our day-to-day lives to miss those moments. It's easy for me to miss those moments, those moments of kindness and compassion, of humanity, of paying attention beneath the surface, because honestly, I'm often Feeling I'm in a hurry, even if I don't need to be in a hurry. I'm feeling I'm in a hurry. I'm distracted. I'm all caught up in my own head and in my own life and my own needs and my own, you know, to-do lists or big ideas, whatever it is. You know, and often it could be a big idea. You know, I could be like in line thinking about the sermon I'm going to be writing about my inner wisdom while I'm in the store not practicing it, right? So there in that moment, there is the real moment to take that inner wisdom out into the world. That's what we're asked to do. That's what we're called to do. Mark Nepo says that the call of the soul, that inner wisdom, is a continual call to aliveness. And I love that description of it. How it calls us over and over and over again to our own aliveness and to the aliveness of others. He says we keep enlivening the presence of our soul by staying in relationship with ourselves, each other, and the whole. By staying awake who we are, and how we want to be. It's really an amazing, amazing process. It's an amazing practice to be alive to the moment. To tap that inner wisdom. To tap into the God within the spirit of life within us. Living from that deep part of who we are, living from our understanding of our moral principles, is what the world needs most from us right now. The world needs to hear our own deeply held values the ones that are being whispered in our ears the ones we need to act on in our lives may that still small voice that spirit of life may inward love guide each of us in the days and weeks and months and years to come may it guide us in that continual aliveness may it be so amen and blessed be thank you for joining us this week if you'd like a copy of the transcript of this sermon you can find most week's messages at www.uuberks.org slash sermons if you have any thoughts or conversation about today's message we hope you'll take a moment to stop by our Facebook page and share them And from all of us at First UU Berks, may this chalice light your path and guide your way until you join us again.